With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 290 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 290. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week are actually very different from each other, but in the way that we're going to talk about in our technique, very interconnected. What I'd like to talk about first is uh, functional tools for certain things, and then we'll bring it all together in a nice package with a bow on top as to why they all are related to each other in today's podcast discussion. What I'd first like to talk about is a platform called ThreatCop. Now, this is by no means the only platform that is offering these types of services. Please, I'm not endorsing or trying to sell anybody on these platforms other than to say that they exist and that they provide services that we are referring to their value proposition for. ThreatCop is a software that allows you to basically set up and test your own internal security technology systems to ensure that they are not vulnerable. And I don't mean this from, well, I already have technology that's making sure my website doesn't have things happen to it. I'm monitoring uptimes. I'm not monitoring whether somebody's doing uh, attacks on it and so forth and so on. I'm talking about the weakest link in our security protocols. For as much as we ask passwords to be renewed, as much as we ask for passwords to be used, as much as we ask to think that we have locked down our internal uh, systems that are confidential in nature, both in content and in dialogue, Unfortunately, the weakest link in the entire system is humans. We ourselves are the ones that create most of the breaches that are associated with this. And I will quote a famous friend of mine that talked about uh, this in dialogue in the sense that if you ever feel that your system is completely well secured and that you've trained your teams and your staff and man, do they know what's going on, drop a bunch of USB drives in the parking lot. And I will guarantee you, as he did in his discussion with us, um, that an employee, a good-meaning employee, might grab one up, thinking, oh my gosh, look what I found, a USB. Let me see if I know who it might be by putting it into a computer to see what's on it. You've immediately compromised your security by doing that. So this platform, threatcop.ai, uh, actually sets it up where you connect it to your SMTP, your email service for your domain and so forth. And it will do uh, anything from uh, phishing to ransomware, cyber scams, vishing, which is voice back, uh, uh, probing for fraudulent phone calls, uh, smishing, which is uh, in relationship to SMS messaging. Um, it handles all of those variations in such a way that what will it'll do, and this is the real value proposition to it, is it'll test it to see if it can get that kind of information from your user. 
And from it, it'll then go back to you and say, hey, this was a test in whether or not you gave confidential information or personal information that could be used against you to determine what your passwords would become. You see it all the time on social media where somebody's like, oh, hey, what was your number one song when you were in high school? Why do you think they're asking that? It's because if you give them the song, they now know how old you were when you graduated high school and can figure out your age, so they can figure out your date of birth, or at least your year of birth. That's one halfway to getting a full answer. What was your favorite color? Oh, hey, these are terms that are used to validate your password program. Well, there are those versions and many more that are out in the world. We hear it all the time in the news and so forth. So this threatcop.ai is a means of self-testing but it does go the next step it says hey after the testing you were successful you didn't compromise any information or hey you're unsuccessful and this is what you did wrong this is what we could have done if we were uh, malicious in this this is what this test proves so it's a great way to um, firewall or help to understand your firewall of your own uh, internal human side of security system so that is a tool called threatcop.ai now Another one, which is going to be completely gear changed to what we just talked about with ThreatCut.ai, is a platform that I use for my project-based programs called Teamwork. Now, we've mentioned this at other times past for different reasons. We're bringing it up today because I still find it to be one of the best comprehensive, adaptive project management platforms in the market that is truly incredibly affordable, like as in 50 bucks a month affordable. Now, other project management platforms either limit you as to the number of users, number of clients, number of whatever it is, and I'm not saying clients in per se, but number of people on your that you're wanting to put onto the platform that you are coordinating with. That is their usual monetization model. With teamwork, it's like, hey, put who you want on it, put all that you want on it. We're only going to increase our charges with you if you store too much with us. So as soon as you hook it up to external drives or other sources that can hold all of your media content, content, documents, whatever, you really put yourself in a position of high affordability with not having to pay a tremendous amount more money. Plus, also, it has an internal chat function so you can dialogue with your people more in a direct way rather than email correspondence, which we know is the bane of project conclusions because People will, re, uh, will hijack an email string, and now the content about the emails going back and forth have nothing to do with the subject line. It's been re-forwarded and re-forwarded and forwarded and, re- and CC'd and blind CC'd <clears throat> to the point you don't even know who started for what reason without going up a mile long in the food chain to see what was the starting point of this massive email that's turned into audiences and who's seeing it and who was not supposed to comment because they were blinded on it it's painful so anyway teamwork.com is a great platform that handles different ways that people interact with it creates gantt charts as well timelines holds people accountable can measure their time measure what they're doing towards it but more importantly and ultimately which we'll get to in our technique discussion help you coordinate what's being done by whom for what when and that's a great platform to use And the last, again, massive gear shift here when it comes to just talking to tools out of context is Fleek. We've talked about this platform a long time ago. It's a great platform. I've used it with some of my clients, um, but we're bringing it up today for a different reason, which you'll see. Fleek allows you to create video communication for your workplace. It allows you to create video tutorials, training. It uses multi-language. It uses uh, the ability to coordinate. You can do screen shares. You can guide them through. It's a really incredibly user interface that whenever somebody's 
training about something. It can be recorded, whether it's a screen presentation or whether it's an in-person presentation and given current circumstances, screen presentations, good. Not having to put a bunch of people in a room to watch one presentation or have somebody present to them or train them is good. And it also saves in costs that if somebody is really good at training this, whatever the content is, recording and taking them and having them step through and make sure that all the processes are described in the way they like with screen examples and or visual video dialogue, testing tutorials to ensure that they retained and learned what was being presented, all that kind of stuff. Now they don't have to do it again. You don't have to say, hey, you know, Bob, you're so good at teaching about that stuff. You know, we need you to come back and train the new trainees again. And then, oh, hey, Bob, you're good at that stuff. Let's come back and train the trainees again. You're repaying for the same stuff over and over compared to only worrying about it if the what is being trained has been updated or changed. And even then on this platform, it's easier to take out the pieces that are applicable to updates and still leaving the body intact without having to do the whole thing over again. So again, that platform is Fleek, F-L-E-E-Q.io, and that is for video training and coordination of content for your teams and staff. So that is our tools for the week, threatcop.ai, teamwork.com, fleek.io. And now I'll tell you why we're talking about them. Now for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week, and this is the term I'm throwing towards it, housekeeping is more than cleaning rooms, how to prepare internally for the rebirth of your logistics. And when I refer to logistics and when I refer to housekeeping is how do you operate your business? Um, I think you've used the term or heard the term many times if you haven't used it yourself. And that is, I got some housekeeping items. What does that mean? Well, we have some things to clean up. We have some things to discuss that are operationally based. Before we begin our meeting, let's have some housekeeping items. It's a colloquialism of term used in our industry about handling logistics of our operation. So that's why I use housekeeping is more than cleaning rooms, how to prepare internally for the rebirth of logistics. Now let's bring those three tools together in the dialogue. ThreatCop.ai is a technical a technology that will help test the security of your weakest link in your security system, which is the human factor. Teamwork is a platform that helps you coordinate projects, tasks of who, when, and how in a way that can be monitored, gauged, followed and maintained and fleek is a way of training collaborating and coordinating consistent progressive instrumentation of training so that everybody is on board why are those all important right now to bring together because we are going to come out of what we're dealing with right now in some regionalities and in some levels of business in those regionalities they're already beginning to see signs of change in what they're doing for marketing we know that because the discussions about what marketers should be doing differently now than they did a month ago or even two weeks ago we know where we're talking about the collaboration of revenue managers with sales and marketing people so we know that we are beginning to have to think about the light at the end of the tunnel during this process of furloughs and reduction in staff and bare minimums and survivability and triage, we've reduced ourselves to where there's a handful of people that are doing more than their original job, probably triple jobs, three different flavors of jobs. They're the ones that are the gatekeepers right now. They have the keys to the kingdom. 
everybody else has been let go. However, it was done before. If it wasn't done by them, they're the only ones that remember it or are doing it. And they themselves, in some ways, may not be fully competent in that skill, but they've been held responsible for it. So you have a lot of education and training for people that are going to be coming on board again. Not that they're not already skilled, perhaps, that they don't already don't know how to be a salesperson or how to be a marketer or how to be a front desk agent or a supervisor or a chief engineer or whatever it is that you've had to bring back into your operation systems, as it is you want to train them on what you want them to do, how you want them to know it. You want to be able to coordinate what you're asking them to do in a way that is accountable, that you can figure out what schedule they're maintaining rather than they, oh, it pops in my head when I walk by them in the back hallway and or boom, whatever happened to ask asking Mary about such and such. That randomness, that disorganization is the bane of what we used to do because we were still so siloed in who did what. Did marketing have to talk to revenue management? Did they talk to revenue management? Did sales get in that conversation? Did they even have a meeting? These are all things that have to be streamlined differently going forward. One, we don't have the comfort of time. Everything's going to be turned on as of yesterday when it comes to having that time to do it. And secondly, not everybody's going to have the time to train while they're still doing three jobs. As soon as they bring in somebody that's going to take over one of the things that they've had to assume through this process, they're still doing the other jobs. And even if they brought back somebody to replace all the extra jobs that they've taken on, they still have to do their job while they're trying to train the new people to do their job that they were doing on and on and on it's a vicious circle so one is create good habits now create good processes now take the time now while the race is under uh, a white flag to to go through or yellow flag i forget yeah race analogies right um to while the car's off the track to replace the engine swap out the tires fill the tank Heck, new paint job if you have to. Let's get everything in order so that as we bring people back into the matrix of our logistics, they are trained at the way we want them to be trained. They're accounted for the way we want them to be accounted for. And we are testing to make sure that they are doing what we are asking them to do in the way that we want it done. And that requires tools and functionalities like ThreadCop, like Teamwork, like Fleek, and others like them that need to be used to facilitate that whole process. Better now to train once and record it so that you can use it forward for all the other ones that follow behind the first than it is to repeat yourself over and over, if even given the benefit that you can have the same person do it. And we also have talked about this. I remember quoting Bonnie Buckheister on this uh, on previous podcasts. Um, anybody when trained on something probably retains around 40% of what's been exposed to them. One, from relevance to what they're going to be using. Two, out of just level of interest. And three, retention. From that, they exercise their skills from that 40% retention on everything that they do. Now comes a time that they have to train somebody to either augment what they're doing or replace what they're doing. Well, they're only basing it on the 40% that they remember. So that person that they're teaching is only getting 40% of what they were the, the teacher was exposed to. If they, in turn, only retain 40%, same process, same scenario, teach somebody else and only 40%. You're getting what's called Xerox training. The copy gets a little blurry for those that are old enough to remember. Uh, and it gets a little fuzzy as to what probably the real purpose is, which always, as we brought up in previous conversations, related to the fact that sometimes you're like, oh, our PMS system is terrible or our CRS system is terrible. Only you didn't go back in and realize either if you had updated or not, but just the fact you didn't know all the things that it could do. And this is a bane of customer service as well. Sometimes they don't keep up with their clients to make sure that they're aware and keep them up in training to know all the things that their system can do. So 
being said with that, having training processes in place that are complete and fresh from the very beginning is like having a fresh copy to start with. The next person that walks in the door for training for that is given the same training that the person that they are working with or replacing had on that same information that they needed. And that's what's critical for something like this. Same too with teamwork. As you begin to create that massive circus and realize that it is your circus as it is all your monkeys as the old edge goes hey not my circus not my monkeys well when you realize it is your circus and your monkeys then you got to make sure that everybody is coordinated you got to track everything you're asking everyone to do you got to confirm what's being done is done when it needed to get done you have to make sure that there's follow-up guidance collaboration coordination all that requires something like teamwork. And then, of course, making sure that people don't get sloppy and lazy in their haste. Oh, let me write my password on a sticky note and put it on my screen. You know the analogy. Well, same mentality. It's is, is people being lazy with the thinking that because somebody says that they're from corporate that they're just going to answer every question that's been asked only to find out that that person wasn't from corporate and now that person has the person's user name and passcode in confidential back-of-the-house networking? You never know. We've seen it every day and nobody's immune to this because every major brand and ownership group in the world has faced the fact that they've been exposed to, you know, hijacking and, and filching and everything else. So again, that is our technique of the week. Conversation of housekeeping is more than cleaning rooms and how to prepare internally for the rebirth of your logistics. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our news and show review. The show review is going to be pretty small today, um, not because we had a smaller show today, but we had a more of an open conversation of just the lay of the world today. Um, Robert was very kind out of uh, Rock Cheetah to get the list reinstituted. He's been very busy in the past couple weeks. We've missed having his curated, excellently curated list each week. Uh, if you'd like to sign up, if you haven't already, for his newsletter that he sends out every week from Rock Cheetah, you can go to bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash HDM show 290. And um, uh, excuse me, that's to get to our show. You can go to bit.ly forward slash Rock Cheetah, all lowercase. <laughs> Confusing two links, sorry. Bit.ly forward slash Rock Cheetah, all lowercase, no space. And there you can sign up for uh, Robert's exceptionally curated list of content. I will be talking about a news article we didn't get to talk about in the live show in just a minute, but I wanted to bring up the fact we want to thank Virginia Phelps for joining us on the conversation, as along with Dean Schmidt from uh, Basecamp Meta Message Marketing and Mr. Stuart Butler uh, from Fuel Travel. It really was a bit of an open dialogue about the transitioning process that's going on in our industry right now, the the active collaboration out of necessity between all of the disciplines, marketing, sales, and revenue management, in addition to operations. Operations is marketing. Marketing is an amplification of what operations is. And we talked about how the adaptability of what we're doing. I mean, yes, it sounds like Captain Obvious conversations, but beyond the statement of that was we did talk about the logistics, the detail associated with what that really means to someone sitting in the marketing chair for now, to someone sitting in the revenue management chair for now, on and on and on, and seeing what it is that we need to be doing now, if you're especially multiply responsible for several of those positions, given what's going on with COVID and your company's reduction in overheads and so forth. If you're dancing between all of those, you've learned what it means for those multiplicities to work in collaboration together. And that's pretty much was the gist of most of our conversations. We did, of course, last our typical two hours. Uh, and it was a lot of fun and thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. But it wasn't really so much about hard hitting this or hitting this or this in particular as it was just going back and forth over how we've perceived these variations as we discuss them. So the news article I do want to bring up, however, is something that does reflect on a larger conversation, and we can certainly go back to it a little bit. And the, term, the topic of it is how a shadow army of ghost kitchens took over America's restaurants. And the article is on markermedium.com. 
The link, of course, will be in our show notes. You can go and look at it for yourself, obviously. But the, the interesting component of this discussion is early on, and this goes back to our live show and our podcast as well, we talked about adaptability of different mediums of business and, and restaurants that were struggling and trying to survive and find means of existing. We went through the whole argument of you know uh, third-party delivery services totally exploiting restaurants' disparity and trying to get their product out in any means that was allowed at the time based on rules, changes, and so forth. And they were being taken on huge interest in percentages as to what it cost for them to actually get these delivery services to deliver for them and so forth. We went through that process. And we also included in it the discussion of adapting their kitchen space to be a ghost kitchen. Now, if you've heard the term and not familiar with it, a ghost kitchen is basically not a restaurant, but it is acting like one in the sense of getting food to you because you can find a menu, order food from it, and have it delivered to your home. But if you were to go to the restaurant, there's no real place to sit. Or if there is places to sit, it's a very small place. And some of the adaptive creativeness that's come out of this ghost kitchen mentality is large areas that have a kitchen or kitchens have multiplied so that a single location might have several kitchens, like almost like a warehouse kitchen, okay, um, that are acting as several different menus or several different food services that you can order from. Um, and, and even though there is no real restaurant to sit in, they're, they're doing a tremendous amount of business under whatever name they've created for themselves that you're ordering from, like the New York Pizza Company, okay? Is there really a New York Pizza Company? Nope. But you can order from the New York Pizza Company. Why? Because they're available on all the platforms that you're used to getting food delivery service from. And that's the careful what you wish for. We have been going through this process under the belief that there is either a guiding force overseeing the exploitation of um, these fake assumptions as to whom and what their names are, and or also people follow the same rules that everybody else is following in the same channel that they were in before. If a restaurant wanted to call itself the New York Pizza Company, first off, nobody would allow them because every other pizza place in New York would be, hey, no, you're not. I'm, you know, I've been here for 50 years or I have this and you're close to my name or whatever it is. But calling yourself basically you know, clickbait or keyword driven terms is not against the law. You can be the New York Pizza Company in keyword terms. Doesn't mean your restaurant's called that per se, but it's pretty close to it if you really want to look at whatever logo they have or whatever way they call themselves within their menu listing. But there's no restaurant. So if a restaurant tried to pursue it, there is a legality saying, well, they're not really a restaurant. They're online. Yeah, but they're selling pizzas. Yeah, well, that's fine. They're not a restaurant competing with you in the market. So you're not really arguing that they've stolen your name or stolen a hierarchy name that you can't get or whatever it turns into a very interesting gray zone which has been becoming my favorite term as i keep using it in different things since my last name is gray um there are lots of places like this and what's happened is a lot of these restaurants that normally aren't even good at marketing themselves are finding themselves losing traffic volume online for the very reason that they want to do these delivery sales because somebody else has kind of hijacked the priority of being found in comparison to them even though they are a restaurant that is much more about having been there been doing it than somebody that has a kitchen in the back of a warehouse that's just worked on being able to be online and having a delivery you know worked out the logistics of people showing up with heat bags picking up food to be delivered by grubhub uber and all the rest of them 
So what I'm saying by this is as to it happens to restaurants, as to it can happen to hotels. Oh, I'm thinking more like Airbnb. They're very good at assuming the value proposition of what they have to offer. And I don't know whether you're noticing it now. I'm seeing a lot of Airbnb ads for pet travelers. We're still struggling with hotels that are acting pet friendly, but they're at best pet tolerant. I'm sorry, but you know, uh, this is just a you know, little soapbox I have to stand on here is that as a pet owner traveling, okay, um, a hotel that tells me they're going to charge $100 a day for me to have the privilege of having my pet travel with me, yet offer no compensation of the value of that, even though under legalities, any damage to the room I incur as a cost to me, if proven that I created it, whether my pet did or I didn't, charging me $100 for the convenience of having my pet with me is absurd. And also, no bowls, no kid, no treats, no little bandanas, no nothing that says, hey, we're charging you for the privilege of having your pet, but here's some things to make it a little easier for you. Not even that. Pet tolerance would be at least I'm getting something for it and or I'm getting a single fee for whatever my duration of stay is. It's a reasonable fee uh, in the sense that it's not close to my ADR per night for the room uh, or something like that, or at least it's not into you know the three-digit category and up. And then pet-friendly is we love to have you with your pets here's a bowl with our logo on it that you can go over and use for when he's in your room and please take pictures and feel shared on instagram and here's a bandana form with this is our logo which little do you know is our way of knowing whether or not you try to sneak him in or whether you registered with him and here's some treats to welcome your 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 furry friend family and as just much as we're welcoming you that's pet friendly pet intolerant is here's my fee per night no, you don't get anything for it. And if I see even hair on the bed, I'm charging you that you know extra fee and beyond a hundred. That's pet intolerant. And unfortunately, we're very much like that. And here, Airbnbs out there going, look at these commercials. We're customized to you. You want to travel with your pet? We have tons of inventory that are all pet friendly and welcome. And they even have bowls and beds and blankets and all this other cool stuff that makes you feel like you're at home. They're doing it better than we are. And it's a lesson to learn just like these ghost kitchens. It's a lesson to learn. You think that the rules are being followed by everyone. There is no rules and there is no police. There's what we expect to be what is used to be done versus how things can be done when people start looking at what's really being monitored, maintained, or ruled by. So please keep in mind that by these news articles like ghost kitchens and so forth, they certainly provide a value asset. And for those that have the capability of diversifying their kitchens to be more than just what they're sending out to the chairs in front of the building, totally recommend it. But be awake to the fact that you need to approach the market on all levels. If you're going online to sell online for what your content is, be that person. Challenge those that are trying to usurp your positioning to it and question the validity of what you compare yourself to and point it out in your marketing. Hey, that New York pizza company place doesn't exist. Our pizza has been around for 50 years. We do the best pizza. We love to go over and be your support local business. These guys are a, a, a warehouse place out in XYZ townships. That's all they're doing is shoveling it into a bag, calling themselves something that is catchy online and is high keyword density and shipping it to you and you're buying it. And it's probably something you get at a grocery store on the freezer aisle. That's the parts you have to worry about. And I'm being very derogatory to those people that are exploiting it that way, but they're probably a good product for all I know. But the idea of it is the landscape is that aggressive. The landscape is that adaptive and you need to be that adaptive as well. 
So, with that, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Tuned In. The list truly goes on. 39 platforms and counting. You can even find us on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, or Siri. Just simply ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. And no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please, please, please rate us and leave us a comment. That helps others find our content. Plus, also gives us wonderful feedback as to what you liked about what we said and or whether or not there's something you would like us to talk about. We listen to all and I report and reply to all. And you can email me at any time at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. Also, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those 39 platforms uh, that you found us on as well. And for an archive of all of the previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Or simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. We also want to remind you that we are on the new and trendy but totally fun and, and, and enjoyable platform called Clubhouse. And we do a Monday through Thursday at noon Eastern time, a hospitality marketing room, uh, simply for hospitality marketing. And it's under uh, one of the clubs, Hospitality uh, Marketing our hospitality now is the club that it's under, but you can certainly find it in general search. Uh, there, if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, unfortunately, you still need to be on only iPhone. They haven't put out their Android version of it yet. But it's like a two-way podcast like this, only you get to talk back or contribute to our conversation. And it's audio only. It's not recorded. So it's not something we can just say, hey, here's what we did yesterday and here loaded up. Absolutely fascinating conversation. Tons of engagement from people on it. Uh, we also solicit the audience that day as to what they would like to hear in content for the show the next day or the, or the following days. So we have some context of what they're interested in coming back to listen to. Um, I know that we next week we're going to be talking more about OTAs and influencers and really cool stuff. And, and it's really an open collaboration. We get some great insight and it's global. It's very diverse. It's very interactive and it's a lot of fun. And if you have nothing to say, but just want to listen into like a podcast like this, it's your option for it as well. So again, that's at noons on the new app called Clubhouse. I'm sure other platforms, Facebook and Twitter will come up, but we'll see what happens. But in the meanwhile, that's where we are also in addition to the live show and the podcast with us. So with that, thank you for the privilege of your time. And I look forward to talking to you all next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 290 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2021. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.